We're at home and I've got John Dillon with me. John is uh, somebody folks in the community might know, maybe from Art of the Song with his wife, Viv Nesbitt, or maybe from a book that he wrote called 2020 Creativity Solution, or maybe they've just seen him over there at Cafe Lena doing some stuff. So hi, John. Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here, Chris. Thanks for having me. John, you sent me this this project, this record that you have created called Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery. And there's a lot of things as I was reading through the information you sent that, that I was like, wow, I thought I knew a lot about this guy and I didn't really know anything about you. So I wanted to have a conversation with you about these things that I didn't know. So I guess the first thing I did want to touch base on before we get to the heart of the matter of the story behind this record, one of the things I did not know you did was that you build guitars. Tell me about building guitars. Well, that was a part of my life up until about 12 years ago. But I started learning how to build guitars in 1975 uh, from a guy named Max Krimmel in Boulder, Colorado, who was an amazing luthier. And he taught me how to do it. And after about four or five guitars, I was able to, to make pretty decent ones. And so over a period of about 25 years, I built about 80 guitars, mostly custom made for people like Steve Earle, Trisha Yearwood, Tishina Hosa and some others. Wow. You know, you, you think you know somebody and then you find out these really, that's really cool. That's really cool. So you do not do that much anymore? Right. I uh, I became allergic to the glues that were used, the oh. glue and the lacquer and the dusts. And it was right around that time when Art of the Song was beginning to take off for us, our uh, nationally syndicated radio show. So I went from uh, putting pieces of wood together to make music to putting together little pieces of audio on Pro Tools. For those who aren't familiar with Art of the Song, just, just tell us a, a little bit about that. It's a, uh, a radio program, a syndicated radio show that my wife uh, Vivian Nesbitt and I have been doing for 19 years. It's a music and interview show, a one-hour show, and we talk with people about their process of songwriting and creativity. The concept of the, of the show is that that we all have a song to sing, uh, whether it be music, writing, uh, any form of creativity. But uh, we try to encourage people to explore whatever creative outlet they are drawn to. Yeah, that, that is, it's a fascinating show. Very interesting conversations that you guys managed to pull out of, out of folks. I, I like that. How long, how long have you been playing music? I started when I was about 13, uh, not long after I first saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, I, uh, uh, I somehow I was drawn to what I was seeing and hearing uh, from them. And fortunately, my aunt uh, gave me a guitar for my birthday that year. So very cool. It was all downhill from there. And then I read in, in the material that you sent me, I, I guess I didn't realize that you were old enough to have done this, but that you were at Woodstock and yes. you weren't like a little kid, a little baby at Woodstock. So <laughs> That's cool. It's even better hidden on radio. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so let's, let's talk now about, about Hope Road. Um, you you obviously you know are telling your own story here when did drugs first really start to take a hold of you it was in the the woodstock years the the 1960s 
I was smoking pot and getting high with my friends and playing music and went to Woodstock, as we just said, and spent a couple of years traveling around the country. But drugs and alcohol were part of the culture. It was fun. It, it was an exploration and an adventure. So that was my high school years and then traveling for about two years. But after that, I ended up settling in northern New Mexico in a, a new age spiritual community. And one of the requirements was no drugs or alcohol. So actually, cold turkey stopped for about eight years. Were you already at that point, though, addicted? I, would, I, I wouldn't call it that. Maybe looking back in hindsight, it was hard to go a day without without something. So, yeah, maybe so. I didn't really feel like I was getting drawn down the rabbit hole, the hole of, of addiction until in the 1980s when cocaine was rather prevalent. So I was smoking pot, drinking, and then cocaine sort of came into the picture. And that, that I think, is what caused the serious spiral downwards. When did you realize you had gotten to, okay, I, I got to do something about this? I like to say I had a divine intervention in the form of a run-in with the law. Uh -huh. and, uh, <laughs> we'll hear about that in, in an upcoming song. I got arrested. I got busted. They found drugs and an open bottle in my car. My arrest made the evening news. There was a lot of shame involved. And mm. that was the point where I, I decided there is a problem here and I need to get help and I am willing to do whatever it takes. So I'm talking with, with John Dillon. His record is called Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery. And, and John, I wanted to hear a couple of the songs and let people sample this. The, the first song that we've chosen to play is Addiction. Is this the song that, that tells about becoming addicted or is this at sort of the, the lowest point where you're you know just totally lost to the world? Or where, where are you in this song? I would say that's pretty pretty accurate. This was actually the first song that I wrote in this series, inspired the whole album. I was taking a songwriting class from Cozy Sheridan through the Cafe Lena School of Music. It was an online class uh, during the pandemic. The assignment was to write a song based on someone writing a letter to someone with whom I had unfinished business. Sat down and started to write, and I thought to myself, well, who do I have unfinished business with? And, and I thought, well, and somehow it just popped into my head my disease of addiction. And so I wrote a letter to my disease. I have unfinished business because recovery is something that we are aware of on a daily basis. So I ended up writing a letter and then turning that into a song of my uh, letter to the disease of addiction. <laughs> The point of turning back Shades of blue Fade to black Once was all Fun and games Now war And I know your name Addiction Addiction Blind conviction To a lesser God Addiction Addiction You want me down Six feet beneath the ground Arrested 
In the dark of night Plainclothes police Said walk the line Searched my car And they did find A bag of coke And a bottle of wine My offense Made the evening news I had everything to lose John Dillon from the album Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery That's White Flag uh, again, John is a producer with his wife, Viv Nesbitt, of Art of the Song as well. And this this wonderful record, John, the song White Flag there. Tell me, that's that's the song where you, you were arrested, right? The divine intervention, as you call it. Right. How did that feel? I mean, you said there was a bit of shame. Were you really aware of what was what was happening at that moment? Or were you so down in the hole that it was, you know, just starting to, oh, my gosh, what the heck have I been doing? I think I was pretty far down the hole and I was pretty aware of it. Somehow it had a hold of me in a way. I was traveling for business, uh, working for a family business at the time. When I was home, I was, you know, I was okay. I was, I drank, you know, some wine and smoked a little bit of pot. But when I went on the road, that's when I really dug into the to the uh, abuse of of the drugs, and so I was and living a double life. And, I was just saying, uh, did 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 people in the family know this was going on? Or I was pretty good at hiding hiding it. When I did decide to check myself into rehab, a lot of people said, well, "Hey, wait a minute, you, you don't have a problem." <laughs> and I say, "Well, you don't know me," but so I I was able to hide it pretty well because I I really did it mostly when I was traveling. After after that, the arrest and the shame of having to admit this to my family uh, and having it end up in the news newspaper, it was it was a, a situation where I really did end up in my mo mother's room confessing my sins. And fortunately, we had a friend who was one of my parents' friends actually who was in recovery and he worked as an intake counselor for a, a rehab in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania where I was at the time and he came over and we talked and he said I think they have a bed up there with your name on it so were you uh, ready to hear that yeah yeah I was yeah. I, I was uh, really reaching out it, you know it was my idea to give him a call actually yeah. because I had heard that he did that and I, I knew that it wasn't going to be easy for me to stop and that I needed to to really check into a place and, and get help. Well, and we often hear when folks are at that position that you were in, if it's not your idea, does it really happen or will it will it will it actually go? That's that's really the dilemma of of uh, recovery. You know, we have people in our family that we think need to get help and we want to help them, but it really has to be up to the person to make that decision. Now, I, I think interventions do sometimes work, but it, the person who is the addict has to get to a point where they're willing to make a change. And because you're at and well past that point now, I'm, I'm going to guess that making this record was not difficult but i'm wondering did it help you now where you are in your life is it did it did it sort of help you take another step farther away from that yes um very much so i am now 30 years in recovery but the whole process of of writing this album and recording it 
really caused me to dig deep into what was going on back then in a way that I wasn't really able to explore at the time just because I was coming out of it. So this this helped. It was an introspection that really helped me. But I think the thing that's really cool out of this is that now I'm able to take this message through music to people who can really use some help. I've been uh, invited to perform at Conifer Park Treatment Center over in Schenectady, and I'm coming back once a month because, you know, they have a new new bunch of patients every two weeks or every four weeks. So a lot of opportunities are coming up to be able to help somebody else. We call it service in, in the recovery community. If you help somebody else, it helps the person who is doing the helping even more. Talking with John Dillon, his record is called Hope Road, From Addiction to Recovery. I found it fascinating. This whole album it deals with some very dark stuff, but I didn't feel like I was being forced to listen to something that dark. I mean, you, you seem to manage to tell the story matter-of-factly and, and, and in a clear way. And, and I, I got this sense that you didn't want us to, to feel bad for you necessarily or feel bad for people who have to go through recovery, but that, that you'd want us to reach out and say, hey, is there anything I can do now that you're asking for the help? Very interesting. I don't know if that was intentional on my part. Part of my mission with this is by going public to reduce the stigma that has surrounded drugs and alcohol and addiction over the years. And I think if we can break down that that stigma, more people might be willing to, to ask for help. And I think part of that is recognizing that it is rather it is a disease that can be treated rather than a moral failing or something like that. You said 30 years in recovery. Is every day still a, a challenge? Uh, no, no, it's it's uh, it's really gotten a lot better. You know, early on it was uh, a daily yeah. challenge, but now life is good and I'm just so grateful for the life that uh, has, has unfolded. I have good relationships with my kids, a wonderful marriage, and great work that I get to do with, with radio and music. But, you know, it is something that I pay attention to on a daily basis, you know, whether it is going to a meeting or talking to somebody who is also in recovery. The temptation and the desire has, has long passed. That's good. That's good. John Dillon's album is called Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery. It's D-I-L-L-O-N, if you're looking for him. And and John, where would be the best place people could go to to find the record, to find out more about your story and, and everything? The website is hoperoadmusic.com. There you can find information about the album. It's available as a CD and also as a download. And you can also find information about my performances. And I'm always willing to uh, to share the music in, in uh, places where people uh, could use the message. So, John, we're going to get to this last song here called Help I Need. But before we do, I wanted to ask you, as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, as family members, we may see folks in trouble and we want to help. They obviously may or may not take it because if they're not ready, right? But how, what can we do if, we've, if, if we as friends or family see somebody stuck in that cycle? What can we do to help them see they need the help? 
because obviously they still have to make that decision right so mm-hmm. yeah is there is there any much of anything we can do we you always feel sort of helpless in that don't we right right well there is a program you know i i uh, don't know if we mentioned it on the show but i use a 12-step program i use that to get sober and to stay sober to this very day but there's also a 12-step program for people who family members of people who are having trouble and it's called Al-Anon um, that can be looked up online you know if someone is is has got a loved one or a friend who who they think could use some help they say that the best thing to do is to to look at the person that that we think needs help but also to look at ourselves and what do we need to do to keep our side of the street clean just love that person but there are some some techniques and things that can be done. John, this song, Help I Need, this tells yeah. your story, right? Pretty much so. This this tells what happened after I got out of the treatment center uh, for uh, 28 days. They wouldn't let me out unless I got a temporary sponsor. I was fortunate to know a, f- a fellow who lived in my hometown who had also gone through the same treatment program. So I called him up and asked if he'd be my temporary sponsor. I'm happy to say that and this is pretty unusual, but he and I are still friends today and uh, we kind of sponsor each other. The way that I got sober and stayed sober after getting out of rehab was to to really dig into a 12-step program. And this song talks about how there's an acronym called H-O-W, how, and it means that we have to be honest, open, and willing. If we do that, then then things will turn out for the best. John Dillon's album is called Hope Road from Addiction to Recovery. John, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure uh, chatting with you, Chris. Thanks so much. Days of joy, days of sorrow, a bumpy road, but I'll be fine. Don't think about tomorrow. Take it one day at a time the help i need is there for me just have to ask and have to be honest about my faults and mistakes 